This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by Paul Gagliotti, who is the CEO and founder of Harbor AI, based in the United States. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me, Dick. Appreciate it. Paul, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. I've been looking forward to interviewing you for quite some time now, so really looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts and opinions. Before we dive into that, though, Paul, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your background and what led to you starting Harbor AI. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, my name is Paul Gagliotti. You know, I've been in the insurance industry for a short 11 years uh, in our industry, Nick, as we talked about, you know, usually it takes 20 or 30 uh, <laughs> before you start to figure it out. Start on the brokerage side uh, as a broker. Uh, so, you know, understand the broking business. Uh, came together with my business partner, uh, Mark Hadfield, a data scientist out of Princeton about five years ago to start building Harbor. Uh, so we're an AI automation tool um, that helps insurance carriers get their products to market. Uh, we currently work with many of the world's largest specialty insurers to help them get their products to their brokers and ultimately those insureds. Uh, you know, we're currently based in New York City, but we're beginning to open offices, you know, throughout the U.S. And I'm um, excited about, uh, you know, expanding our footprint globally as well. Awesome. Thank you for that, Paul. It's always great to get a bit of a feel for your background ahead of the questions today. Before we start, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, what's your go-to coffee of choice today? I mean, right now I'm, I'm a little basic with just, you know, like a, a light and sweet coffee, but you know, I am do, usually a double espresso kind of guy, you know, like to start with, uh, you know, the, the real fuel for the day, but you know, certainly a big coffee guy. How about yourself? What's, what's in the cup today? Uh, yeah. What have I got? To, I've got a long, a long black or a short Americano, which, whichever way you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a glass half full guy. So I'm going long black. I like that. I like that. And it's very positive. Paul, yeah. Can I start off by asking you about Harbor AI? Tell me a little bit more about the business. What does it do and where are you at the moment in the stage of growth of the business? Sure, absolutely. So basically, we help solve distribution problems, right? So if you're a carrier or a broker and you need to get access to a sophisticated product, you know, we're the team that helps you do it. We do that very uniquely. So our platform being an AI automation tool, we have standardized in a very novel way, uh, the underwriting process. So we have 20,000 uh, dynamically tied underwriting questions that then we could push through AI and machine learning models to help streamline the underwriting process. Yeah. So imagine you're an underwriter. We all know underwriting is art plus science, right? We have the actuaries that like to set the rules for us. And an underwriter has to make a call to make money. <laughs> so yeah. they have to decide if they're going to actually insure risk or not. What we help them do is get that data top of funnel in a structured way 
so we can help them with that decision. So the goal really is to make that decision for the underwriter and then tweak it, right? Add forms, modify pricing, say, you know what? Our appetite is outside that now, so we don't want to write that. Uh, so when carriers work with us, we either can connect to existing APIs. And for the folks you know, listening, what an API is, it's an application programming interface. So just think of a way of two systems to talk to one another, right? So we can help them connect those existing APIs. We can be their API. Or we can help them enhance that with third-party data. We operate in a hub-and-spoke model. So imagine you're a carrier that wants to get access to a specific data set. We normalize it into the Harbor AI data standard. That standardization then allows you to connect to all these different places with one integration to our platform. Great. And does that work both directly with the end customer for the carriers and also through the broker channels as well? So, you know, we're here to support the brokers, right? So at the end of the day, our goal is to support the broker channel. We think the type of products we're helping carriers with that are very sophisticated, largely here in the state's excess and surplus lines products, and our friends at Lloyd's know, right? You know, uh, those specialty products really need a little help, right, to get that. Now, it can go direct to the end user, right? So that broker can put a button on their website to help them get that product to their insured. But we yeah. always want to maintain that broker relationship because the nuanced nature of the products like product liability, professional lines, garage risk, contractors, products and stuff, you know, they are so different that we believe that the agent with our platform has mm -hmm. a, well, we know, they have a way better way of selling that product because yeah. it's all side by side. So when they explain those products to that customer, they can see, hey, look, this product does this, that product does that. They are both priced differently, so they can help that customer make the most informed decision. So it's for those more complex risks involving and enabling the broker rather than trying to replace the broker there. Absolutely. We don't see the broker going anywhere. You know, insurance broker, uh, and we're really pushing this, you know, for a, we're larger commercial lines focused, Nick. And, and I'll tell you, yeah. you know, what I hear and really frustrates me a lot is that people don't have the same revelry, if you will, for their insurance broker as they do their accountant or their attorney. But I'll tell you that, you know, those three professionals for any business owner are probably the most important people, you know, for the continuity of their business, yeah. right? Um, so at the end of the day, what we're here to do is help those brokers just sell more efficiently, you know, and get those carriers as a result to spend less time underwriting and the metrics that we've proven for our carrier partners and lowering their expense ratio by our appetite driven deal flow has um, shown some incredible results for them. Great. So what would those uh, key benefits be for both the broker and for the carrier there? Time, right? Time is our most valuable asset. But what we do is very simple by taking data in top of funnel and structuring it as I noted, those APIs we talked about earlier, mm. we're able to pass that information digitally to a carrier. That enables that carrier to then only see deals that fit a predetermined appetite. But look, we know it's insurance, right? There's always an exception in our industry. So the one unique thing about our platform is the AI and machine learning components that we utilize, some off the shelf um, from very sophisticated providers like Google or Amazon, and some that are, are homegrown and proprietary to us, enable us to basically get that information in a structured way and say, hey, look, this carrier typically will say yes to this, but we might need to know this additional piece of information. So aside from waiting for the underwriter to ask that question, we're just going to automatically ask that. And when you get into real sophisticated products liability, it helps them to do that quickly. In addition to that, we can take a very, you know, a, a broker that, you know, some refer to as just new, right? They just got into the industry. We can help that broker to understand what they're actually looking to provide to that customer a lot better because the questions are always the same, whether they come through our chatbot, pop form 
which you know, think of like a digital form interface you see online or our portal, it's all a harmonized experience for that um, insured. Yeah. And broker, of course, right? Because remember, we're collecting information on behalf of the insured. So we always want to make it about them, but it's really a tool to enable that broker be a better broker by always asking consistent question set. In addition to that, it helps that broker to cross sell, right? Yeah. So if that customer's looking for general liability, right? And umbrella is an extra two questions or excess liability if it's followed form, we're going to ask those additional two questions and look to provide that additional option. So now that broker is becoming more of that valued partner in that chain for that customer and less commoditized, right? We want to remove the commoditization of an insurance broker out of it, right? Because at the end of the day, utilizing our platform, you're an asset, right? It's not, hey, you know, um, Susie down the road gave me this quote and Jimmy down the block gave me that quote. Well, it's, well, Nick, the broker gave me all of these quotes. He explained to me what they were, right? And that in addition to provide that better customer experience is a more transaction, is more to me transparent transaction to that consumer, which from a regulatory standpoint is great, right? Because now those yeah. brokers are doing a higher duty of care to that each individual customer. Yeah, I love that, Paul. I love that. And I can see very clearly as well, the the speed that you can provide to those brokers there traditionally presenting and marketing to different insurance carriers can be quite a slow process. If they're coming back with questions, or they need further information, you know, that takes time, that takes days, that can take weeks. And actually, you're giving both the carrier and the broker competitive advantage against their competition if they're using that technology there. So yeah, fantastic. Paul, you're clearly right at the forefront of technology there in, in your business in the broker and carrier space. I'd love to know what you think or how you see even the insurance market developing over the next five years. And what would you say companies need to be doing in order to be successful in those times? So I'm very pro our industry. I think the unfortunate thing is like, we are very self-deprecating at insurance, right? You know, yeah. it's like the running joke is like, you know, how many tests did you fail to get an insurance, right? <laughs> kind of like ridiculous because we have some of the, the top talent in the world in our industry. Just look at actuaries, right? These are the smartest mathematical people, period, next to, you know, aerospace engineers, right? Mm. They are mm. brilliant. And then you get into, you know, brokers, right? These are some of the best salespeople in the world. I always tell people, you know, the one thing about our industry that we need to do a better job of is sometimes patting ourselves on the back, right? Because I will tell you, you know, I hear it all the time. Oh, my friend's a car salesman. My friend's a mortgage broker, right? They're the best salespeople I've ever seen. I'm like, really? I go, who doesn't want a new car and who doesn't want money? Show me a life insurance salesperson that sells someone a life insurance policy they don't want to buy. That's the most selfless thing you can buy because they will not benefit from it, right? Their beneficiary will, right? They die. They don't get anything out of it. Show me that salesperson. And that's the best salesperson in the world. You can see I'm very passionate about that, right? Because coming from a broken background, I think it's really important for us to get past the negative connotations of our industry because insurance is the rudder of the ship that is a global economy. You need insurance. You can't do anything without it, right? That's of value, right? So- well, I think the next five years, I think you're going to see a lot of great stuff because we're finally engaging younger folks. Technology and insurance is making it cool, right? It's showing that you can have younger people in there. What it's also doing, which is really cool, is the journeymen and women in our industry that have really paved the way. Nick, I know you've spoken with a lot of them, and I know you know a lot of them personally, are saying the same things where you're getting better talent now in our industry, you know what I mean, at scale. So I think in the next five years, you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see the distribution model for carriers adjust, right, to actually going, I believe, full circle, right? Like our whole goal with Harbor is very simple. Insurance started where Nick was on his farm in the hills, right? 
And, you know, that insurance agent showed up at his home. He had a cup of coffee, right? That agent sold him crop insurance. That agent insured his farmhouse. And that agent sold him life insurance all at his kitchen table. Now, in COVID times, that might happen in a Zoom. But I believe we come full circle to that personalized um, mm. approach. Mm. And that's where I'm excited. You know, that's where we're building. I know a lot of other folks are doing the same things, you know, with that. And I think that's where the industry is going to go in the next five years. We're going to have a more personalized approach that's tailored to each person because we have a tech stack to do it. And we have an unbelievable workflows, workforce all over the globe mm. to help facilitate that. Yeah, Paul, I absolutely love the passion in which you speak about the industry and wholeheartedly agree with everything that you say there. I actually think part of the the pandemic and what's been happening over the last 18 months or so will only help the industry in the long term to attract talent. You know, we've seen insurance brokerages, we've seen carriers post very strong numbers, whereas a lot of other markets have really been struggling. We're also seeing, like you say, the carriers adopting a lot of new technology and I think it's, it's certainly sped up that process. The industry, the insure tech industry, the insurance industry is, is starting to look a much of a cooler place, like you say, and a, and, a, and a great destination rather than a fallback on, like you say, becoming an accountant, becoming a lawyer. It's actually becoming a real sort of destination career path for people. So it's fantastic. Brings us nicely onto the espresso round, Paul, where the questions are Short, sharp, and straight to the point. You normally like your double espresso in the morning, so you ready for the espresso round? Let's do it, Nick. Let's do it. Let's do it. The espresso round. So, Paul, at your business at the moment, what percentage of your employees are from an insurance background compared to a non-insurance background? It's a great question. You know, I would say at the moment, we're about 60, 40 insurance, non-insurance. However, that number, as we grow is going to basically float around, you know, probably like somewhere like 70, 30 um, insurance, uh, non-insurance, and then it's going to flip uh, as we hire more tech folks, right? So our goal is to provide the technology services and backend support for our broker customers. Mm -hmm. So as we grow, you know what I mean? That will end up tiering a little bit more now. The interesting thing about that, though, is that you might see more tech people coming from insurance because they're already in insurance. So that might skew the, the number. But as we are a technology company, you know what I mean? At the moment, you know, our staff is, you know, primarily on the insurance side. You know, my CTO, we, we've, uh, we've anointed him an insurance port person now and all of our carrier partners that he works with, they'll agree that he's converted. Um, but he is a technologist. So as we hire more folks, we might be hiring more of those with the insurance background. But at the moment, I would say it's 60-40. Um, yeah, certainly at different, different stages in the business. What, what do you see are the benefits that a high-performing insurance can, career can bring to a technology business like yours? I mean, so many different things. You know, like, there's just so many opportunities in this industry. I mean, we're agnostic. You know, like our mm. model, like we, we run a wholesale brokerage to help our carrier partners in the supply side distribute products. So from a broker standpoint, you know, we've been very fortunate to hire some of the brightest people in the space. You know, uh, I'm a certified insurance counselor. Almost, I would say, 40% of our company has at least one professional designation. We have one employee, our uh, underwriting manager. She has like 10, you know, so like we really focus on getting people um, in the space uh, on our team that have that experience. And they're just already ready. You know, they understand it. You know, like I said, anybody who's been in this industry for some time, they have a level of understanding that it's great because they actually can help to impact younger folks. Like we have a gentleman that just started working with us right at risk management school. 
And that was great. He has an education risk management from a, you know, a U.S. university. So that's what his degree's in. And that coupled with our, you know, seasoned employees, I mean, it, it's gotten him to a level where I would challenge that, you know, he would be the equivalency of someone in three to four years in a different role at a different company. And he's been doing this for about, I believe, eight or nine months. Yeah, so right. um, you know, that helps immensely. Uh, those you know, seasoned uh, veteran employees. And what would you say are the personalities that fit into the culture at Harbor AI? That's the trick question, man, right? <laughs> so, um, so we have basically two criteria to work with us, right? Yeah. You're qualified and crazy enough to join us. Other than that, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, we are every, you know, like for me, what I always just tell people and, you know, um, I'm in my mid thirties and, you know, uh, I went to school uh, at University of Arizona. My business partner went to Princeton. So we are opposite ends of the education spectrum, right? The point around that is that for us, it's just about who you are as a person. You know, you, you want to get your hands dirty. You're here to come and win, right? You know what I mean? And, and you're joining a, a startup. I mean, for us, you know, we're, we're, we're a really great uh, junction for our company. So it's an incredible time to join us. Uh, but you really just have to have that passion, right? Like a self-starter. Like to me, you know, kind of we were talking about earlier, you know, like this work from home world, you know, personally, I like going to an office, right? Uh, but as you see, I'm, I'm not sitting in an office at the moment, right? Uh, because of the nature of, um, you know, because of COVID and our office being in um, lower Manhattan uh, next to New York Stock Exchange. So uh, the point around that is I think that, uh, you know, corporate culture is so incredibly important, but we're all unique. We're all individuals, right? It's like your fingerprint. There's only one. So, you know, again, I just go back to, you know, you're qualified and crazy, you know, and uh, yeah. you, know, you meet those two things. You know, third is, of course, a good person, but I believe that floats within those two. Um, you know, you're probably going to end up working with us. That's for sure. Awesome. And for those people who are qualified and crazy enough to work for you, what opportunities do you provide to high performers there? I mean, the sky's the limit, right? You know, every one of our employees, you know what I mean? It participates in the upside of our company in many ways, you know, and as we grow and some news that'll be, you know, coming out shortly, you know, we're pulling from all all walks in the industry, right? The the journey people that are, you know, the real movers and the shakers that I aspire to be, you know, at some point, you know what I mean? To those, you know, uh, you know, young men and women just coming out of school, right? Um, yeah. But for us, you know, we don't, I don't care about college degrees. I don't care about any of that, frankly, uh, even though, you know what I mean? Like we have literally all spectrums, you know, I think, the average employee, I think ours, uh, you know what I mean? It's like a bachelor's plus, like we have a bunch of people with uh, graduate degrees that work with us. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, if someone's a hustler and they, you know, they're, they're looking to break out, you know, as long as you're, you know, like I said, you meet the two criteria of qualifying crazy, like, you know, we'll give anybody a shot. Um, I think you're going to see the industry, in my opinion, shift. And we, you and I talked about this, uh, one of our previous calls, right? What I think the UK does a lot better than here in the States is you can come right out of school and you're in the industry, mm, right? You yeah, know, high school, yeah. uh, you know, um, you know, uh, primary school or whatever, you know, you guys you call it, right? And we're here in the stage college, et cetera. And I think you're going to see that shift, right? Because I think that the sales, um, salesperson that's out there, you know, here in the States, you need an eight, be 18 to get an insurance license and stuff like that. I, and I, and I, to me, I wish I started selling insurance when I was 18. I started when I was 24. I really did because I think that I'd be so much further ahead than I am today uh, there. Fantastic. Paul's flipping things on its head slightly. So when you do recruit out of the insurance industry, are there any skills or any experience, anything that you see lacking when you're bringing people out of corporate insurance businesses? 
sales. You know, I think that the biggest problem is it's the, see, I'm of the mind, as you can tell, practicing salesperson, right? Like whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, insurance broker, car salesperson, et cetera, you're practicing. We're all practicing, right? We're evolving. I think that it's really challenging a lot of times people coming from corporate. Now, I don't mean broking, right? Like the big brokers, you know what I mean? You know, the, you know, the, the high period, like they are class act. They know what they're doing. The folks over at CFC over the UK, I mean, they are pros upon pros, right? Some of the most professional people you have to deal with, Amwins, RT, CRC. I mean, they have really good training. I think a lot of times where folks struggle on the corporate insurance to coming to the broke, you know, where we sit mm-hmm. on the broking side is just the nuance of the sale, right? Mm-hmm. Because the sales process is very complicated. And a lot of times communicating that complication to that customer, that insured, and I used to be a retail broker, you know what I mean? So my experience there, like, you know, Nick, the underwriter tells me 50 G's is a good price when they're paying 30, but they have losses mm-hmm. and 50 mm-hmm. is, and someone else quoted a hundred, but like someone's still got a cut that check, right? They still have to write their name on the dotted line and give that $50,000 to somebody. So I think that sometimes is lost, but that's an easy fix. And I think that the corporate training could easily be adjusted to do that. You know, I've, I've had, the, I can tell you a one carrier uh, in particular, you know, I, I, I've sat down with their exact team here in the States, uh, you know, a Kinsale, uh, you know, they have a very good model. The folks at Berkeley have a very good model. Markel, a very good model. So those folks, those carriers, and there's many others to list specifically though, great training. They get people prepared to do it. But I think that would be the number one thing Mm -hmm. I would say for people that we've seen on the corporate side, you know, coming into it is kind of just kind of grasping like you're in a different role now, right? You know what I mean? You're sitting in a different seat at that table. You have to kind of look at it that perspective because I think sometimes people have those Mm -hmm. blinders on where they only, oh, I'm an underwriter, you know, so like this is a great deal. It's actually, yeah, but that customer doesn't care (laughs) because they got to pay. Yeah, that's right. Do you think over the last few years, those hard conversations that those brokers have been having with their customers, do you think that's improved with the the way the market's been hardening? They're now more used to having those difficult conversations about actually your premium has doubled, even though you've had no further claims in the last 12 months. Do you think that's actually enhancing their sales skills, their advisory skills? It's making them more well-rounded as brokers? I think so. That's a great point. I also think too, like the level of salesperson has increased, you know, mm-hmm. like the industry kind of like to your, one of your original questions, like five years, like you're going to get top, top tier salespeople coming into this industry. You know what I mean? One after the other, once we kind of remove some of the mystique around selling insurance and the negative connotations, yeah. you know, you should be proud to be in our industry. It shouldn't mm. be like, oh, I'm an insurance. Like, no, like that's incredibly important. So I think you're correct. You're absolutely correct on that. It's definitely improved. I think that as the market, you know, it, it ebbs and flows, like, like you know, as, as we all in the industry know, I think you're going to see specific classes of business, you know, that tighten, like here in the States, your mm. commercial property commercial auto, they're very complex. So I think as those expand and contract, to your exact point, those brokers are more familiar with those conversations. So as they communicate that downstream, it'll be a lot easier for them to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we can break down those some of those barriers of entry into the market and attract those real high-performing salespeople where they don't necessarily know at the moment the real benefits of being an insurance producer, you know, can be 
extremely fulfilling role and also very lucrative financially as well. So it's all, it's all about an education piece and make it as accessible as possible was upholding the, the high standards of the industry. We're almost at the end of the espresso round now, but I'd like to ask you if there is an insurance executive or a leader out there working within the insurance industry who is perhaps considering a move to an insure tech, what preparation do you think they should be doing right now to, to make that move successful a bit like you've done in your career? I think that the interesting thing, right? So we went through plug and play. Uh, we were the top startup in our batch um, last year, and that's an accelerator in, in Silicon Valley. And mm. we made some unbelievable connections, uh, partners we now work with on the data side inspections uh, that we work with, you know, that are, that are incredible company test. It's a great example, right? You know, these are MIT just geniuses that put, put together a better uh, photo inspection platform, right? And just nice. others can do it. It can to check deep fakes, all that stuff. So that is an example, right? You know, you're going to see more people kind of shift outside into the industry and kind of going around your question a little bit yeah, on this, yeah. but coming around it. But the ones that are in the industry have such an advantage, right, than those outsiders because they have insurance knowledge. So what I would just kind of tell anyone is if you're going within an insure tech, remember, it's a tech company, right? We like to say we're a tech insurer. Flip it. We're a technology company that operates in the insurance space. Very, very different, right? Because when you come to work with us, you think of it that way, right? Because you're like, okay, great. We're solving tech problems in insurance, right? Distribution, access to information, et cetera. So those senior executives, I think sometimes what you just have to realize, like me coming from a broken background, right? To coming into you know technology, right? Is that, you know, I'm one of the few CEOs that's not an engineer. Although my business partner disputed is the best engineer, and I would argue that till I'm blue in the face, and our carrier partners will tell you that as well, right? Um, because we do things that other folks just can't because he's just a literal genius. So and that being said, right, he's a great example. Senior executive comes into the insurance space from tech, right? So the flip. So he immediately hit the ground running and he was not afraid to ask questions, right? Like that's the one thing that always kind of bothers me about things. Like people kind of forget there's like no such thing as a dumb question. There isn't, right? There, you know, I think that when they're getting into it, just don't be afraid to not know because what I've seen, um, you know, one of our um, you know, main investors has been in the industry for you know 30 plus years, right? Once he wrapped his head around the tech, the level of questions he asked because of his experience, I would have never known. Right. Because I didn't have 30 years of underwriting experience like he does. Right. So I think those people uh, need to realize where their asset is, which is their experience in the space and just kind of like being humble and be like, OK, well, I don't really know this, but I can learn. So let's kind of, you know what I mean, go down that route. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's such great, great advice. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners hearing this will really take that on board. Unfortunately, we're at the end of our time together today in the insurance coffee house pool. Before we do leave, though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And how would they go about contacting you after the show? Sure, absolutely. You know, any advice, you know, anybody ever needs anything from me, I'm always around, you know, so uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, you know, Paul Gagliotti, you know, any advice is just, you know, just go do it, right? You got an idea, you know, like I'll tell you, you know, when we started our business about five years ago, you know, everybody told us it would never work. It's impossible. You will never penetrate ENS. It's just never going to, like all I heard was no, 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 never, never, never. Terrible idea. Venture funds had no idea what we were doing. Back to your point about those industry executives you just brought up a moment ago, yeah. Nick. Yeah. Like, 
that's the value, right? They understand conceptually. So, you know, just go after it, you know, anything I can ever help, you know, I'm always happy to make, you know, any introduction if it it makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, just excited about the journey and, you know, looking forward to following back up with you soon about the progress and, you know, seeing you when you make it over here stateside. Absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to to that. Thank you there for, for leaving your contact details. We'll be sure to post them on the show notes and please do reach out to Paul. He, he's a very well-connected man and he's he's very helpful at uh, making those introductions as well. So I'm sure he'll, he'll help us as much as he can. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate having you in the Insurance Coffee House. Love your passion, love what you're doing for the industry, both for carriers, brokers. And at the end of the day, it's it, it's great for the industry in general and, and the customers that we're, that we're all serving. So thank you for your time today, Paul. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity and, you know, really looking forward to, uh, you know, connecting with you again. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. And to all the InsureTech leaders and all the insurance leaders listening around the world today, we thank you for your time. And we're sure that you would have gained a lot of great, valuable advice from Paul today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, or I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent, please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.